Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of Plated. I'm your host, Ryan Voss, and here we are. Uh, episode number one, finally. I'm so excited to finally get this thing going. Uh, for those of you who have already subscribed, thank you so much. Uh, Plated is now available in the Apple Podcasts app and in iTunes, so if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, in this first episode, I will be joined by Mr. David Woolen, owner of Old York Cellars. Old York Cellars is a winery located in Ringo's, New Jersey, with gorgeous views of the Sourland Mountain Range. I've personally been a fan of theirs for quite some time, and uh, not just because their wines are spectacular, but uh, the atmosphere there is not quite what you would expect from New Jersey. Uh, now, believe me, I'm not talking down about my home state, but uh, when you think of good wine states, what do you automatically think of, right? California, Oregon, and maybe even Washington are usually the first that come to mind. And I think that's part of Old York's charm, is that it isn't what you would expect. I definitely recommend their What Exit blends, not just because they're good wines, but a portion of the proceeds from each bottle goes to various charities that support local food shelters, breast cancer, special needs, and more. David and I talk a little bit about the history of the winery, uh, we get to know him a little personally, and of course we do touch briefly on cooking. Um, for what it's worth, um, I did record this episode with a different um, audio editing application, uh, so I do apologize if there are uh, some differences in volume and the quality of the audio that you might be hearing. Um, you know, I'm just kind of changing the, the workflow around a little bit, um, seeing as how this whole thing is still a little bit new to me, uh, <laughs> working out some of the rough edges in the, in the first episode here. Um, but without any further ado, uh, here is my interview with David Wollen. Alrighty, so David Woolen. That is me. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for uh, for taking the time out. Um, I know you're obviously a very busy man here. Um, you have a beautiful home. Can't thank you enough thank for you. inviting me in here. Uh, my to, my to pleasure. Do this. My pleasure to have you here. Um, so, David, you are the owner of Old York Cellars. That's correct. All right, good. So, I, I have my show notes correct. That's yeah. it. You got right, the wrong good. guy. <laughs> There's someone else who should be on, uh, on just, here. We yeah, should, uh, just wanted to make sure okay. I wasn't at the wrong got house. It. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. Why is he interviewing me? <laughs> Showed yeah, the, up with microphones. The uh, cops are coming here. I don't know who called the cops. But okay. <laughs> so, uh, like I mentioned before, we actually turned the mics on here. You're the first person that I've actually scheduled time with and sat down and 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 uh recorded with I'm um like i mentioned earlier um for some reason old york uh, i have some kind of intrinsic tie uh to old york sellers um so when i first met my wife uh one of our first dates was here uh it was actually our third date uh and that was my Great. my first formal wine tasting that i had ever attended and that was one of the things, you know, the, the wines here kind of opened the doors for me where I went, okay, there, there's more than just red and white, you know, there's different blends, you know, there, there's different grapes. Okay. Wow. Uh, that was the first time I had ever tasted things side by side. It's the first time I had ever paired anything. Uh, it was a wine and chocolate pairing. Perfect. Um, we spent our first Valentine's day as a couple here. So nice. another first, you know. <laughs> well, how many um, years ago was that? How this many? was about four years ago. That was the first. That was your date. Okay, that good. was yeah. Perfect. That was that was our uh, our, our third date, did, and that did, was. Did, did we uh, check your ID? Are you? Uh... 
So for those, being that this is an audio thing, I look very young. So it's uh, and yes, that was a video joke here. Sorry, on on an audio podcast. Hopefully, eventually, I can add like some sort of video element to here, so people can know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to ask people how many fingers I have up or anything. We'll be fine. That's that's actually why I didn't shave this morning. So you know, I I could at least get a few uh, a a few a few whiskers in there. You know, nice. I did that too, and you see what happened. Once again, there's a beard here for those who can't see on the on the podcast. I'll try to throw a photo off. You know. People have a frame of reference. Um, so, and again, we actually got engaged here too, which was another right. first, you know, uh, a, a, a beginning. We get a lot of people do engage. Oh, yeah. Very popular. Um, you know, we got the, the bottle made and everything right, too. Nice. It, was, uh, it was great. Uh, if we could have, we would have done our wedding here. Um, and now another first. This is my first episode that I'm, I'm doing of this whole thing uh, with, well, we with you. It's perfect. We're on um, I, I want to try to not blab too much here because obviously this is about you. <laughs> so I'd like to just start things off with, um, with Old York. Uh, maybe a little bit of history, uh, what you guys do here on the grounds, uh, the type of grapes uh, that you guys grow sure. here. Um, so take it away. <laughs> well, let me, let me back up a little bit because uh, there was a predecessor winery here. You may or may not know about because it was a little before your time, mm. uh, before my time also. Uh, but, uh, I purchased the property that became old York cellars about, uh, eight, uh, nine and a half years ago. Uh, there was a winery that was here. It was called Amwell Valley Vineyards that had gone out of business just a few months before I purchased the property. Uh, and just to give you a little history, Amwell Valley Vineyards was one of the first and may have been the first, there's some question about who was the first, licensed uh, wineries in the state of New Jersey after Prohibition. Just to show you how backwards the, the laws were, <laughs> it took till 1982 for uh, New Jersey to have licensed wineries. Uh, it was that long. And the, the uh, first vines that the original owner, his name was Michael Fisher, who was sort of ahead of his time uh, trying to plant uh, you know, uh, vines in New Jersey, uh, so the original vines went in, in in 1978. So for those listeners who come to Old York Cellars and you're driving down our long driveway, <laughs> over to the left, as you're driving in, are uh, vines that are about 40 years old. And so the roots go deep, and, and they're, they're, they're really sort of old vines these mm. days. And Am- Amwell Valley uh, Vineyards, uh, was here and uh, in the sort of, sort of part of the nascent wine industry in New Jersey. Uh, the original owner passed away in, I believe it was around 2004. And I think once he passed away, the uh, the the old vineyard and winery sort of floundered a bit mm. and it was put up for sale. Uh, I ultimately didn't buy the winery. I really just bought the property. And you know, the property came with, there was about seven acres of grapes on, on, on there. Mm-hmm. And we've since planted probably another three or four. And you know, if this podcast goes on long, they'll <laughs> be planting more. Uh, we have actually another about a thousand vines that um, we, we purchased. There's, uh, they're sitting in cold storage right now and they're going in. Actually, they'll probably go in the next couple of days. And mm-hmm. this is the time of year you can uh, that you can plant vines, mm-hmm. and so the the uh, vines will go in, and we'll mostly we're not taking in new acreage. We we've 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 added about three acres of vines, but throughout the years you need to replace vines. So we pulled out a few for disease or other purposes, mm-hmm. and so we're putting in about a thousand uh, plants that will 
you know, fill in most of the vineyard. A lot, a lot of what we're planting now. I mean, Chardonnay is probably the predominant mm-hmm. um, vine that we're putting in this uh, uh, this this season. And so the, the vineyard itself. Just talk a little bit about the vineyard we have. So the the whole property is about twenty eight acres. As I mentioned, we have about ten in uh, in vines right now. Uh, we have uh, a number of different varieties. In fact, we probably have too many different varieties and over time uh we'll you know we've forget we have uh chardonnay riesling uh and then uh are some of the and we we do do some cab and pinot gris mm. uh and then we do grow a lot of french american hybrid uh for example the the vines i talked about that were planted in 1978 are called marichal foch uh, which no one's ever heard of, or very few people have heard of. Mm. Uh, it's actually named after a French general. Uh, if you <laughs> if you travel in Paris, I forgot what museum I was in. I'm like, there's a uh, there was a, a statue for you know, General Foch. Uh, I have a picture somewhere of it. Mm. Um, but and those um, uh, those grapes we use mostly for our uh, red. I'll call it port style wine. We're not allowed to call them port wines, mm. uh, but uh, we use it mostly for that. It, they're a very dark grape and, and makes a very deep uh, port style wine. So your port bottles have to be labeled port style. Uh, well, we don't even put port style. I'm not even sure we could put port style in there. I just okay. use that term. You cannot. You can only use port uh, basically if it's from Portugal, the port region of Portugal. Right. Some wineries. Uh, I, I think that went into effect about 20 years, maybe less than that. So some some places in, in the United States are grandfathered. They can still use that term. Mm-hmm. Okay. But just like you can't use champagne for uh, a sparkling wine outside of the champagne right. region. We can't really use the term port. The interesting with champagne, and we we, we struggle with this, and we uh, everybody knows that a sparkling wine and champagne means the same thing. Mm-hmm. The problem with port is what do you call it? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, like so, we sort of say a port style wine. That's when we describe it to folks, um, but we can't put that on the label. Uh, yeah, you can. Um, uh, it really is a port wine is a fortified wine. Mm. But if you call something a fortified wine, it sounds like something some wine I was going to drink out of a bag. <laughs> uh, and so you really don't want to call it a fort. You know, it's, a, it's also a dessert wine. Right. Uh, so sometimes we will call it a, d- a dessert wine. Right. And there's different, vari- you know, there's various types of dessert wines that, that we have. Right. So anyhow, that gets back to your port. <laughs> my long-winded explanation of what we actually, uh, so we call ours is our Southpaw Red. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, again, I'm a pretty big fan of <laughs> i think uh, actually on the the date that i mentioned earlier i bought a bottle of actually, the uh, the southpaw red uh, now which usually has a um a 20 plus percent alcohol so you were trying to get your now wife drunk is that, <laughs> is that what you're selling me i that, think yeah that's that's yeah. how i got the uh, the additional date and then, perfect you know. <laughs> and, and she's been drunk ever since is pretty much how? yeah so yeah, again you guys are just tied to my life perfect. so much <laughs> we have a few bottles here for you to take home awesome awesome nice there we go yeah i'll keep it going honey nice. <laughs> um so yeah and, and if i if i recall right uh there was a um you guys were out of the blackberry dessert wine the the blackberry red and i think i went on the waiting list for it uh because it was like revered when people talked about it yes. um and actually my now father-in-law uh had said oh yeah you know i've heard of them uh, i heard they have the blackberry back in stock uh that saturday 
we took a trip down here. <laughs> I'm glad you did because we are out of it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, the Blackberry, which our winemaker, uh, Scott Garris, I won't take credit for it, mm. uh, the Blackberry wine, as you know, basically tastes like you're drinking a Blackberry. It's 100% Blackberry juice that's mm. uh, fermented, and it tastes like you're drinking a nice ripe Blackberry. Oh, yeah. And we started uh, when we first our first vintage going back to uh, uh, 2009, I think we started out making uh, like 60 gallons of it or something. And every year we pretty much just double and double production of it. And w there's, we just can't keep it in stock. Mm. And mm. you rushed over and literally we, I think we ran out a couple of weeks ago of, of Blackberry wow. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to, I, I, I forgot to ask Scott when it will be back in, but mm. we'll, yeah. Yeah. Trust us. He's making more. <laughs> All right, good. I'll, I'll be able to sleep tonight. Great. Okay. Um, so I, I did just want to uh, go back to something that you touched on briefly because I had never heard the term before. Um, you'd mentioned you had vines in cold storage. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd... cold storage, I mean, it's in a refrigerated place right now. The vines, we want, we, we, it's just you want to keep, before you plant them, you just want to keep them in a sort of cool environment. I see. Yeah, I see. so there's nothing fancy about cold storage. Okay, yeah. I just didn't uh, know if it was like a demolition man style thing yeah. where, you know, they keep it in stasis for 70 years and uh, then, okay, now we can plant it. If you uh, open my refrigerator, <laughs> be nothing but vines in there. <laughs> I use the fancy term, means it's just sitting in a, in, in, in a cool, damp place somewhere here. I don't know where, uh, where we actually have it, but uh, it's best to keep them. Uh, we, there, there's um, a, f a couple different nurseries that we buy plants from, mm. and... Um, they delivered them a few days ago, so we uh, actually, I think, yeah, they delivered them a few days ago. And we had our festival this weekend, so right, we'll, right, we'll end up uh, planting them uh, probably starting next week. Excellent! It's wow. a it's a big job. That, you, know, you need to. I can imagine uh, dig a thousand <laughs> holes and fill them up, and uh, so uh, we'll have a crew here ready to do it if you if you have some time. <laughs> take, take a little time from work. I'd be, uh, I'd be more than happy to, you know, I'm uh, I've put a little weight on <laughs> since I've been married. So it's, Perfect. you know, it's, it's nice to get out and I uh, get a little bit of exercise. We'll, I can we'll, actually feel like a man for once. We will work that <laughs> off. We'll work, work that weight off. You don't worry about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I, uh, I, I wanted, I definitely wanted to ask you, um, and one of the things that, uh, kind of drew me, uh, uh, to, wanting to set up uh this interview with you was you were not always a vintner Correct. um so you came from an area that was uh, a little bit different than this and i had heard this from your staff i was doing a little bit of spy work on you so okay. you know not to be a creep stalking so that, that was you behind the bushes <laughs> that that okay. was yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say you know the camera flash was a little light you know? it's all right <laughs> i'm lucky i leave my shades closed okay. <laughs> um so I I, uh, I I had engaged your staff uh, one of the last times I was here, uh, and and you know was was asking a few questions about you because they they had uh, mentioned a few things uh, about uh, some of your previous jobs and um, this the entrepreneurial spirit is something that I uh, always admire very much. So you, if I recall correctly, were a lawyer yes. before this. Yes. Wow. So that's a, a bit of a shift. In, yes. Uh, in yeah. Career. So my entrepreneurial spirit took about 30 years to come out. Uh, <laughs> although, uh, you know, there were, uh, I did uh, over a number of years build a legal business. So right. it was a little different uh, sh shifting of, of emphasis. Mm. But um, for uh, not quite 30 years, I guess I was uh, mostly a, a real estate finance attorney. 
and uh, very specialized in in uh, doing mostly mortgage-backed securities and secondary financing, something as far away from grape growing and winemaking <laughs> as you can possibly get. Uh, although I think somewhere along the line, I did uh, uh, I did end up uh, working on the uh, bankruptcy of a uh, winery in Virginia. And my firm uh, had a, a DC office and they called me and, uh, and asked for some help on this project. And it was funny because it was oh, a couple years after I had started the winery and I was mm-hmm. basically uh, still working as a lawyer and had the winery here on the weekends. And so I had gotten a call from one of our one of my partners in DC and I said, did you reach out to me because of my legal expertise or because of my wine expertise? <laughs> but I think that was really the only time uh, the, the two paths had crossed. And a little interesting footnote to that is the winery that had gone bankrupt is now known as Trump Winery. So <laughs> just, to, just to bring it back to current days, uh, I had nothing to do with the... Uh, uh, the president or president's family buying it, but I was involved with the financing of, pri- of the prior owner. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now, how did you get into wine? I mean, is, is this something that's always been uh, a part of your life? I mean, do, do you recall any er- early experiences with it? You know, uh, were you originally, uh, you know, a spirits person or beer person then in, uh, transitioned into it? You know, uh, what were uh, some of your earlier experiences with it? Well, it, it's funny, and it's a, it's a good question, and everybody asks me that. And I can, I can honestly say I'm not, and I really didn't go, you know, go through life as a wine person. Mm-hmm. Many people who get into the wine business you know, are just wine lovers and they want to make the best wines in the world. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I came through a different path. Uh, in that uh, throughout my career and, and, and uh, I, I traveled a lot and also traveled a lot um, for, uh, for vacations. And over the years, I, had, I just happened to have been in a number of, of great you know, wine regions of the world. And in many cases, some of the, I'll call the newer wine regions. Uh, and so I, you know, I've been to Rioja in Spain. I, I, I've been to uh, several different wine regions in, in Australia. Uh, I've been down to Mendoza in Argentina. And it was during that last trip to uh, Mendoza that I thought to myself, well, wow, it would be really cool to live on a vineyard. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, Mendoza was a little too far to commute at the time. And this, this <laughs> was probably a, a little too far. This is probably about 15, 16 years ago. And I just got that bug in my head, mm-hmm. although, you know, for better or worse, I probably could have purchased a whole vineyard there for uh, about uh, 10% of the price that it cost me to get in here and, <laughs> and hi- hired help at uh, uh, less than I pay people here. But uh, <laughs> Are you uh, telling me real estate in New Jersey is expensive? A little bit more than uh, Mendoza, oh, I can tell man. you that right now. That's, that's insane. Yes. I never would have thought. <laughs> uh, that, that is one of the issues. And so uh, after... After all that, uh, I, um, I I had came back uh, after that trip and would just spend some time looking around for 
Uh, I'd get on uh, Google and Vineyards for Sale when I was on a conference call <laughs> at the law firm and, you know, half paying attention. I was like, okay, let's <laughs> see if there are any winery. And, and I, I, I can tell you, in uh, 15 years ago or uh, even thir 13 years ago, I didn't even know New Jersey had any wineries at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around and uh, uh, I thought about New York State and I actually went and looked at some uh, wineries for sale in Virginia, in Northern Virginia. And then all of a sudden started looking and all of a sudden I heard about some wineries in New Jersey and started looking. There was a, uh, a, a new winery venue that was, I found for sale down more towards Southern Jersey. I took mm -hmm. a look at that and, um, that didn't work out. And I just started looking in the Hunterdon County area that you know, I didn't know Hunterdon County all that well, but it's a beautiful area. And Most definitely. I, I'm a little I, jealous I, of your view. <laughs> a, we have a nice view here as well, which, which the, fortunately the listeners can't, uh, oh, yeah. can't see from here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the view and, and, uh, I picked the, uh, the right side to us. So I'm actually looking through the windows at the view. <laughs> your, your back is, your back is to the view. Yeah. I, I had to take the side closer to the outlet due to all the electronics I had to right. bring in here. So yeah, yes, that was a trick. That's a trick I do with everybody. <laughs> So I, I, you know, if I'm if I'm just staring off in space, it has nothing to do with your interview questions. But, <laughs> that's, that's good uh, to know. So, yeah, I'm still uh, new at this. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yes, number one. I'm still, I'm still the first one. We'll we'll get this right. Uh, hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll look back in this interview. Why did Why did he do that one? Uh, <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned. Uh, you know, we we joke about the view, but I mean, really, uh, the first time we came here, uh, you know, uh, years ago coming down, you know, the long driveway and, uh, you know, going into the tasting room and just looking out, uh, you know, at the valley here. And I remember my first thought just being, I didn't know New Jersey had views like this. I'm like, where, where has this been? I don't, I, I this don't is know. Amazing. <laughs> well, what you saw is what I saw the first time mm. I drove here in 2007 and I sat on the, um, the patio, which is just steps from where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, looking out at this vineyard, uh, and, and you could be in Napa or Mendoza or the Margaret River area of uh, Australia, mm. and it's it's just it's this incredible view looking over vines and into sort of uh, the Sarrel and Mountain Range that you really don't get anyplace else. Right. And I just thought it was a unique spot. Uh, to digress one second, when you say you don't see New Jersey, that's usually the biggest compliment we get here. And people, oh, yeah. people say, uh, yeah, this doesn't look like New Jersey. Yeah. And so we, and so when I saw the property, uh, two things. One is I, I thought, hey, maybe I can replicate some of the uh, vineyards and some of the wine regions that I've been to and sort of bring that into New Jersey. It's a lot easier to to uh, drive here from other places in New Jersey and hop on a plane and go to Napa for a weekend. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was, you know, that was my first thought was I think we can build something here that could, you know, replicate what you would get in, you know, one of the better known wine regions. And the other thing was, well, well even if it doesn't work out, I'm living on the, you know, on this gorgeous piece of property. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so it really is win-win. Right? It is a win. -win. <laughs> it was a win-win. And I said, my worst case scenario was that I'm, I'm, you know, doing what I want to do and I'm living on a vineyard and, you know, if I didn't have a winery, never winery. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah. So we, so it's all sort of worked out. We got the winery up and running and doing well and 
also uh, being able to live on the vineyard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small perk, right? It now, is. Did, uh, did you think about California or, or uh, any, other, any other spots other than, you know, primarily East Coast or even like as crazy as Australia? <laughs> well, I, uh, did I think about it for a minute? Yes. The, uh, the issue was for me and, and sort of, I'll call it, you know, as you mentioned before, the sort of entrepreneurial spirit um, to do and try to do what I'm doing here and doing it out in California, particularly in Napa and Sonoma, just another winery, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, yeah, uh, it is, you know, the, one, uh, probably the foremost wine regions in, in the United States, mm. but it's sort of big business here. I wanted to get into some place where we can grow and grow a business and grow an industry. Right. Uh, as opposed to just becoming another winery and, and, uh, out, out there, it's a very different business um, because if if I were to do something in uh, Napa and Sonoma, particularly when we were, I was looking ten or twelve years ago, it was really all about well, how are you going to distribute your wine, mm-hmm. and it really is more for the most part more of a business out here. Right, uh, we, we've developed something a little bit more of alcohol, of a, a lifestyle and amenity and, and, and a community-based business mm-hmm. that would not be possible out on the West Coast, plus the fact that, yeah, I probably didn't have enough money to buy some of the equivalent thing out in California <laughs> at the time. Yeah, we think New Jersey's expensive. Oof. Yeah, but as a business, you know, in, <laughs> right. in Napa and Sonoma and to do that. And, and here, you know, it's the, the wine business, for the most part in New Jersey, you know, is not about, you know, it's not as I'll call it industrial or growing grapes, making the wines and then selling it to a distributor. It's meeting the people and meeting the cus- bringing the customers here. Mm. And that's what I've liked about it. And that to me has made it a much more interesting proposition than just sort of quote unquote being in the wine business. Right, right. And that's that, that's actually kind of the word that I, I, I figured you get at is like it, it feels like it is more industrial out there. You know, right. it is a big part of their, you know, their, their economy out there. And, you know, one of the, one of the questions I had written down here was, you know, what do you think makes New Jersey wines so special? And, you know, I, I think uh, that kind of hits it is you don't really think of New Jersey as a wine state. You know, I, I I can't imagine going to a restaurant in like Denver and going, oh man, this is, (laughs) it's a really great vintage from, uh, you know, from, from central Jersey that, (laughs) well, I, you know, it's funny you say that and 10 Ten years ago, when I bought this, I said, well, "Who's going to buy New Jersey wines?" Mm. Uh, however, you know, ten years from now, we may be singing a little bit of different tune. I, I think what's happened to the wine business, which is very is sort of interesting, and and uh, for the most part, I just got lucky and came in at the right time, is that uh, you know the the wine business is not as uh, regional centric as it was in the past, right. where you know, there was Napa, France, Italy, and then every place else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only have there been, you know, you know, I'll call the newer wine regions such as Australia and Argentina have come in and, and other regions in New York, such as Washington State and Oregon, which have you know, sort of built up good reputations. So that has happened on the one side. And two other things have really happened in the last five, ten years, uh, maybe more five to seven years, is are people more into the sort of local vor thing? They want local yes. products, 
and and so that's one thing and so people can appreciate that you know it's sort of a farm to table or farm yes. to bar here <laughs> and, and so people are reaching out to that and so that helped bring people here and i think the third factor that's really helped the uh, diversify the wine industry so the craft brewing industry in that people now have I mean, it's, uh, it seems like another one of your questions <laughs> you pointed say, to one of your questions did you look at yes. my notes <laughs> uh, i'll answer okay uh, this is question number yeah, i didn't know i was interviewing karnak <laughs> wow amazing yeah open the envelope here i got your next question uh but i'll answer your question or you can ask the question if you want if you had on there but yeah uh, no I, I that's that's one of the things i, I did want to uh, uh touch on as well um you know just because you you know you did mention you know that there is sort of like this surge in like a local wine culture and that's because you know we have places like Lone Eagle right up the road uh, you know which is a local brewery in in in, Frem- in uh, Flemington um, we've got Skunk Town right up the road I mean people are making things small batch right. uh, very special tailored to well you know. I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels, but here's here's what I would have done, you know. And, and uh, now we have like a whiskey distiller right up the road. Right. Um, I just think it's really cool that uh, we we seem to uh, be at a point now where before um, these sort of small batch things were oh it's not it could that can, it's not sustainable we could never do that but people are supporting it. Um, you know, similar to you guys. I mean, I come here all the time and, you know, it's packed. <laughs> um, you know, Lone Eagle is packed all the time. And uh, a lot of the other craft breweries that I've been to are packed all the time. People want these things uh, and they like things that you guys make. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. They like uh, you're actually hitting on something, a little, even a, di- a slightly different point. But just to finish up on with the this local nature, I think that has taken from the craft brewery, maybe even craft distillery right. uh, and, and, and local farm to table have taken a sort of stodgy wine industry and mm. shaken it up a bit. Yes. And now people are more willing to experiment with a Jersey wine or a Pennsylvania wine. New York story had a, a bit of a rep, but even, you know, the, the, the North Fork wines. Right. Uh, and, and so I, I think that is something that has, uh, has, has changed. And, and for me, obviously very good. I think for public, it's great. You don't have to get, you know, just say, Oh, well, uh, it's Napa. So we know, you know, Napa is synonymous with good wines. Right. And Jersey didn't have a reputation. So now, uh, Jersey is building a, a reputation and, you know, we may just have a reputation for people within 50 or 75 miles from here, but there's 30 million people within uh, <laughs> 75 miles of here. So that's okay. Yeah, there sure are. <laughs> right. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people here mm. to do that. Uh, and the other, the other factor, which um, I'm not sure, and maybe this is one of your questions. And, and as, as, as I, I, I look to you and we, we joked about your age, millennials <laughs> are also changing the wine industry. Absolutely. Uh, and um, a couple things. One is, I think the, uh, the millennials, for whatever reason, whether it's the craft brew industry or whatever it is, are not as fussy about labels. I don't think, uh, for the most part, and you can tell me, you know, you're obviously <laughs> closer to it, of, of, you know, oh, wow, I'm not drinking that. It's not from Napa or it's not from France. You're, you're, um, you're not as uh, hyped up on the labels as so the right. older generations. And then the second thing, which sort of gets back to what I wanted to do here, is the millennials want the experience. 
So if we can bring the wine, the Napa wine experience here, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, we have a generation who really wants that, yes. who would rather come here and sit out for the entire day at our picnic table than go to a fancy restaurant and sip some $75 bottle of wine. Right. So they'd rather, you know, would rather do that. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I mean, I can speak to that too. Yes. It's uh, like I mentioned, it's, it's one of our favorite activities. <laughs> um, and I, I, uh, speaking of the experience, uh, here too, you know, when you do come here for a tasting or one of the events that you guys have, I do want to come back to that. Um, because, uh, there was, there was something I, I did want to mention, you know, about the, uh, the staff here, uh -oh. um, and, uh -oh. and how amazing they are. Okay. Um, I, can, I can stop beating them. <laughs> the beatings will continue <laughs> until morale improves. That's exactly right. Um, how uh, how deep into the the actual winemaking process do you personally get? It, it depends. Uh, well, first of all, and and I should have corrected you before. Uh, I was polite and I didn't want to. I'll take credit <laughs> for it, but but I'm not the vintner. I won't call myself a, a, a vintner. Okay, uh, <laughs> I do have a vintner. Scott Scott Garris is our winemaker. Uh, I. Um, I leave a lot of and almost all of the winemaking to him. Mm -hmm. I get involved in the um, the business aspect. How much are we going to make? Or what wines we're making? So when mm -hmm. we first started, Scott and I worked together on what do we want to make? Uh, you know, what uh, which what do we think will sell? And uh, how much are we going to make? And yeah. I got involved in the obviously buying the equipment, talking to Scott. What do what do we need? Because mm -hmm. when, um, as I mentioned before, I didn't I did not buy the ongoing winery. I just bought the property, so we had to start with all new equipment. Mm -hmm. So everything Scott is working uh, with is is practically all new wow. or was new at, mm -hmm. at the time. And so I, you know, do I? I probably taste everything at some point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, but not only do we have uh, Scott. Our winemaker, and we have assistant winemakers, uh, but Lauren, uh, who is our manager, is a sommelier. So for the most part, I rely on them mm -hmm. uh, to you know about the actual product. I uh, you know I, I try not to uh, interfere with the the expertise that we have gotcha. here. Yeah. Bring, bring them in. Uh, but for example, we yeah, will sell blueberry and let's double production next year. That'll be my, <laughs> that'll be my, uh, decision. And, right, right. and some of the other things that we'll, I'll also decide, you know, we'll work with Scott and Lauren on, you mentioned a little bit about small batch things. Um, we're going to come out, hopefully later, we're just sort of waiting for, uh, get the labels, a, uh, a raspberry blush wine it's, it's on it'll be on the sweeter side mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh but um uh, going back to you know so what craft brewing is and so we're uh, breweries are doing the industry we're, we're trying to lighten things up and do things a little bit different so we'll do a you know, that will be a small batch that you know, we'll cross our fingers hopefully later in the summer we'll have that out mm -hmm. uh we want to we're going to do a seasonal sort of apple wine oh okay uh, and 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 we'll do some more blendings and and things to make mm -hmm. it more interesting but i think we'll We'll do some more of these small batch wines to get to get out. Excellent. So you know, taking inspiration from you know the craft breweries, we'll right. we'll see a, a chocolate peanut butter wine you know, at some point. Yeah, and, I'm not you know, quite sure we'll go that a far. Sriracha, sriracha, you know, a wine sriracha, at some point. Yeah, I would like right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, oh, that sounds incredible. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about pairings already. Um, 
What, uh, what excites you most about your job? Well, other than people just actually buying wine, which I hope. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I think what excites me is that, uh, that this is for New Jersey mm. a new industry. Uh, and I think, uh, and, you know, giving credit to uh, Michael Fisher in Amwell Valley uh, was there, you know, in 1982, so that's, you know, 36 years ago. The uh, the business has really changed and taken off really, uh, and not due to us, it's just coincidentally about the time that we started. And there's been a lot of changes in, in, in the New Jersey industry uh, and the way we do wine. I think we do things a little bit differently. We've come at it a little differently than others. And I think the... Uh, uh, so I, but I think we've seen a, a, a big growth in the market in New Jersey, uh, the quality of wines and also in the, uh, the marketing of wines. And uh, when we opened up uh, our tasting room in uh, 2010, it was brand new. Mm. Uh, I, I think, you know, it was and w it's almost ready for us to, to, to do a little renovation, hopefully in the next year or so. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm really actually happy for the industry. Other wineries have opened. Uh, and are opening new tasting rooms. So I think you're seeing a maturity of the business. And then, so the question is, what excites me is, you know, how far can we take this? And, uh, you know, will Jersey be the next Napa? Probably not, but will it be a respected <laughs> wine region? I think it will be. I think, right. I think we're getting there. Yeah. And, you know, will somebody in Denver in some years, you know, see a bottle of wine? I think, you know, I, I think it can get there now. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, I think it's, ex it's exciting to me uh being in this growing industry i think when we opened up we were like the 30 some odd 35th wine or somewhere around there mm. there's now about 50 and i think a couple more to open up in in the state uh which is not a lot compared to you know uh, you, you go to uh napa's a thousand there right, right right but uh for new jersey that's a it's a decent amount mm -hmm. and, and it shows some growth and and i really like that the the industry and the public is allowing us by accepting us and the other New Jersey wineries uh, into doing new and different things and, and trusting that the local producers can put out good good wine. And it's exciting to find, find where the next challenges are, where, you know, we, uh, I don't know if you've been to our store, we opened a... a Bridgewater a Mall. Bridgewater <laughs> Mall tasting room. It's on your oh, list yeah. too, I'm sure. Uh, I was over there today. And anytime I, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I find an excuse to be at the mall, well, I'm like, Oh no, I guess I have to. <laughs> and then, right. you know, of course there's somebody there with samples. Oh, I twist my arm. Okay. That's right. we, I guess. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're running, we're running how to run a, uh, uh, so we're, uh, now a true retail store, mm. obviously we mm. do retail in our tasting room, but it's, it's, it's very different in a, in a mall environment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, and again, it, it's, it, it's really nice to just see, this place do very well uh, because, you know, again, I, I know it's, it's kind of been built up over the years and um, you know, I have my own personal connections to it as well. And, you know, you're obviously a very enthusiastic, uh, very wonderful person here. Um, and that's one of the other things I wanted to touch on too, is um, I had mentioned before your, uh, your staff and um, we have never, ever had even a remotely I'm not being paid to say this by the way <laughs> 
I'm not being paid to say this. Um, we've never had even a remotely mediocre experience here. Um, and uh, speaking of staff. Speaking of uh, staff, yes. <laughs> they're coming in during they're the podcast. Here, so they're there for their daily beating here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's getting. It's not a laptop charger. It's a uh, yeah. it's the punishment device. Um, your staff here is absolutely phenomenal, and they all speak extremely highly of you. Um, and it really seems as though everyone here is always very excited about their job and uh, they really kind of value the things that they learn here. Um, and, you know, hearing, you know, the story of how this place is built up and, uh, you know, is, is that something that you guys look for when you hire people or um, even if it's just like temporary or part-time workers or anything, you know, again, uh, everybody here is, just wonderfully helpful, very knowledgeable. You know, I see people younger than myself, and they're like, oh, this comes from this type of grape, and it's got a peppery finish. And, but, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> I'm asking that question right, now. <laughs> um, we, but, we, 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 we have had, uh, as just you know, in the wine business, you can be 18 and work in the wine, or you can't drink. Mm. So we, we, we've had a few younger folks who, who love wine, and it was funny, uh, some of our um, our part-time staff who are going to school have just recently passed their 21st birthday so then they can actually drink <laughs> drink the wines that, that they're selling to right everyone. right or we bring that we've actually had to bring their parents in for trainings and they can as long as the parents are here with them we'll, we can they can actually taste some of the wines there you go <laughs> um and and one of the ways i got into that conversation was we were we attended a tasting here uh, a couple of months ago and um i had heard from you know your staff that uh you host like family meals here like mm -hmm. you enjoy cooking yes and that was immediately something i was like okay this guy's really on my radar now because you know it's that's kind of what this show is all about right. is you know being passionate about things and uh from what i understand you know you put staff meals together with uh with pairings and and you know all of the accoutrement <laughs> um so that's something that uh i i think is not valued enough nowadays is like that kind of that togetherness you know it, and it, it gets away from that industrial feeling of some other wineries and really makes this a happy wonderful place to be well thank you for saying that it's it's actually important to me and to the staff and um one and going back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast a bit is you're right. I, I wasn't just looking to be in the wine business, mm. right? I was, I wanted the, 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 the environment to be right. I wanted a place that customers wanted to come to. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to basically, we want, we want customers to feel, you know, I don't want, it could be cliche like their family, but we want people to feel happy there and looking around at and, and going to other wine regions. And uh, if uh, to you or anyone who's listening who's been to other wine regions, it can be a very intimidating experience. Mm. And, uh, and as I mentioned, and I'm not, really you know this wine or hadn't i know a lot more about wine than i knew 10 years ago but a big <laughs> wine connoisseur uh and i didn't want a place that was going to be intimidating to, mm -hmm. to anybody and so we do not have that sort of you're not going to get that sort of snobbish even though we could talk about you know the peppery fish and we do talk about the wine as, as because that's you know uh it's part of the experience part of the experience right? yeah. 
but not in an intimidating, you know, if uh, someone comes in here, we ask, what wines do you like? Mm -hmm. And if, if someone likes the sweeter wines, and we now have more sweeter wines, uh, but uh, even when we only had a few sweeter wines in the past, that's what you like. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 we're not wine snobs here. Uh, if you like sweeter wines, we'll we'll push you to that side of, or we'll point out that side of our mm-hmm. tasting sheet, and we'll explain that we make these in the same quality way we make our drier wines with a different palate. Right. And you know, there's there's nothing to be ashamed of that. You know, and 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 if you come in saying you're a sweeter, we're we're, we're not going to have you try our cab <laughs> or our Syrah and 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 look look down our noses at you because you you don't do that uh, <clears throat> we'll have you have sweeter wines and we'll say hey we'll try this one here's a semi-sweet mm. you don't like it you don't like it you yeah, know you it's, it may, okay. It, it's, it's okay <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine and uh and particularly now and we we've taken all that experience to the mall location at bridgewater commons if you're out there <laughs> uh but where we are really attracting a lot more casual wine drinkers mm-hmm. And uh, I've been at the mall and customers uh, occasionally looking at it and say, oh, you're too fancy to come in. And no, no, come on in. You'll see we're very approachable. We'll have something, you know, a wine for everybody Mm -hmm. uh, because we think wine should be enjoyable for everybody uh, over 21, of course, Uh, or almost. (laughs) So it's almost everybody. So that that's one component of of dealing of dealing. And then, you know, we also want uh, we have uh, particularly our week. We have a lot of part-time staff on the weekend so Mm. we have uh, folks that work in many different industries we have a a few teachers and uh, right social workers and 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 others who come in and so i I want it to be a you know a good experience and and i've always and and i've even done that one of my prior career at a law firm you know i want people to be a part of it yeah and so we've been able to create that experience and uh, you know I, i i think that so that also then rubs off and, and the customers see that as, as you've experienced that. Oh yeah. And you know, to me, you know, we'll, 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 you know, the wine we put out the good quality and I say, well, that's almost a given at this point. Mm. You know, I, I feel better when, uh, uh, when people just like you mentioned before talk about the staff and they were coming and they were treated well. Here. Oh yeah. And, um, we, um, you know, and I've had and almost every week when I'm here, I always get comments, uh, about the staff Oh yeah, and I can't let it go to their heads, but you know, <laughs> we, we, uh, uh, and that's, you know, you know, either number one or number two before or after the wine, that's what people talk, and that's what people uh, come back. And, and that's what I look to in the business because, uh, tying this all together, part of our other conversations, you know, uh, I was not going to make a business by having a distributor sell my wine to some restaurant in Denver. Mm. We have to have people come back here. So if you treat people well, they will come back and, and they do come back. And we, uh, and we, a couple of years, almost a little over two years ago, we started a, a wine club and mm. we now yes. have about 1200 members in the wine. It's been phenomenally successful, but I, but we like our members and all our customers, of course, but in particular our members to think about this as their winery. And they get to know the staff. We've had staff who have been here uh, a while. We had um, our, our actually our our, our new uh, he's he's been at the job about a month. Our new vintner club manager, his name is Josh. Uh, has been with us for like four years while he was in college. Mm. Just mm. graduated uh, a few months ago, and we hired him full time as our vintner club manager. So the staff knows him. Uh, it's, yeah, 
and they, they've known for four years. Right, right. For four I years. Mean, I've, uh, again, I've been, we've been coming here for, for years, you know, and we do see familiar faces. You know, John is definitely John, John Padovano, mm-hmm. um, who, if anybody does come here, you will definitely know him when you hear him. John has the most distinct voice I've ever heard. Uh, John and, does crossover. I'm <laughs> uh, cro- uh, sorry, uh, voiceover, crossover, voiceover, right, right, voiceover. And uh, in fact, I should have him doing my voice. And, yeah, I should, <laughs> uh, I should be I'll have to have him on if if, right. if we uh, if we can do this again at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's it's just nice to see that you know that again that more local kind of feeling and and that uh, very familial. Uh, kind of feeling here um, and it's not just about the wine it is really about the experience and it's about the atmosphere that you guys create it's it's just top shelf mm-hmm. here um, now as as far as a uh, uh, staff meals too uh, I, I, I feel like I, I owe it to to listeners and myself like what what do you usually like to cook well I I, I vary it all it's funny I, I I don't I don't have a but what what I do do is I try to uh, base the meals on the not only pairing with wine but also cooking with the wine, mm-hmm. and so I will find and not only the wine but um, we also have bees here. So, so I have our old York Cellars products that we that we make uh, here, and it's probably time now we're into the good weather have another staff meal. But we'll we've done everything from have a a barbecue with sauces made with the wine uh i've I've actually made a uh for dessert made a chocolate sauce with our blackberry wine Uh uh-huh okay um but each one has each of the meals tends to be uh a little bit different i try to to vary it uh and um well they didn't do this for a staff meeting but i did it for another uh friend here but my now my favorite uh, meal which we'll maybe we'll have to come back and do a, a cooking session here oh please because <laughs> uh, uh, we my uh, i think my favorite thing to cook now is a seared duck breast oh. with uh a uh with a blueberry wine reduction sauce and so that has just been phenomenal uh i've, I've since made that a, a, a few times <laughs> uh and uh the staff says very well. Man, we'll get them back next time. But Man, the, uh, the perks here, unbelievable. The perks here, yeah. But not only do we have staff meals here, but occasionally before some uh, uh, events, you know, it's, we'll have. Uh, it's not unusual. We're sitting at a long table here where I can easily you know, have 14, 16 people. So there's there's always a lot of food things going on in between the staff meals, uh, large sort of family gatherings, mm. and uh, occasionally I know well, we met at one of our comedy nights. Uh, uh, I haven't yes. actually done it uh, lately, but for uh, and probably start up again next month. Uh, I've done a uh, little you know, dinner some for family and friends right before the comedy nights for about mm. 14, 14 uh, 15 people. Wow. And, uh, and now, do you do this all primarily yourself? Do you do you get help or anything? I, I usually get some. I'll do most of it myself, uh, but. Uh, um, uh, I, if you were here for our comedy night, the um, uh, our hostess Helene Angles. Oh yeah, yeah, her, yeah. Her husband Tom uh, works with us here at the, at the winery, and he's been my sous chef on some. Uh, he comes <laughs> up, so I love when he's here. He is the uh, occasional sous chef, uh, particularly and, and master griller. When uh, uh, if we're doing something on now, we're back to grilling season. So I, you know, we'll start that out again as long as I've. Uh, 
gotten the uh, wasp out of the from underneath the grill. Oh yeah, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> my nightmare. Yeah, yeah that's, it was his nightmare too. He my still talk, talks oh, about yeah. the stings of the uh, the wasps. There. Oh jeez. Uh, so occasionally we'll do some dinners before that. Uh, so there's a lot of. Uh, uh, I, I, I think I've, well maybe just a few weeks taking a break, so we're ready to get back to some more. Mm. You know, I go in streaks and do a bunch of them, but it's it's time. Uh, and then uh, so we'll. Uh, we'll we'll vary it. I'll have to start planning. It's probably time for another staff meal, and it gets tough as I'm sure you know. Planning a meal for any group, oh yeah, if, you know, because you know you have the vegetarians, and we have the <laughs> uh, the lactose free, and right. so you know, we got to do. So there's always uh, three or four things, uh, a couple different entrees. We had one of the ones I did was a little unusual. Which is my trio of of loaves. I'm going to call meat loaves because they weren't all meat, but uh, <laughs> uh, we had done a um, uh, a I think a beef and veal meatloaf, then a turkey meatloaf, mm. and then a I'll call it veggie. Hard to say meatloaf, but a veggie loaf. So basically, uh, take everybody's. Wow. Uh, yeah, That's it was impressive. actually a fun. It was a fun evening. It was our trio of loaves meal. <laughs> uh, so that was one of our st- staff meals. Wow. That's 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 impressive. Yes. I mean, you know, even uh, like planning stuff for just my wife and I sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, or my measurements good. Okay, cool. Here we go. All right. And then, yeah. you know, as soon as we have friends over, I'm like, okay, going to need a week to prepare. Here we go. You know, <laughs> uh, it doesn't take that long. You know, I, we've got, I've gotten it down to uh, just because of family events and others. I can, uh, yeah, oh, 14 people coming and that's, that's right, fun. Right. We had a, uh, um, in the fall, uh, one of my uh, friends got married here. Very small, intimate mm. affair. So mm. basically, I just cooked for the wedding. That was my gift. Nice. And <laughs> that's actually that's where I'm. I was. I almost say the first time I made the uh, uh, the uh, duck breast, but it was. I it would be the second time because I I had to make it ahead of time. I couldn't of for course, someone's yeah. wedding just to experiment. <laughs> which it. is what which is what I do for the staff meals. They're, yeah, <laughs> they, they they are. They uh, don't matter. I can wing it for them. Uh, so, yeah, well, I I, t- I tell most people when they come over here. You know, I'm usually experimenting on something, and worst comes to worst, we're just going to call up the pizza place down. You know, there's always <laughs> there's always a way to, to you know. If, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If the meal doesn't go right, you know, we'll order the pizzas in. So <laughs> I, I have no pride, in, you know, in that stuff. So now, How long have you been, uh, you know, in the in the kitchen? Is, is, is this something that you've kind of picked up as you've gotten more into wine over the years, or has, has it always been an interest of yours? Uh, it, it's probably expanded throughout the years. I you know, one of when, when I when I look back and say, well, what about owning a vineyard? Do you want to have? There's all the wine and food, and, mm, and one mm. of the reasons I liked wine regions is you know when you find wine regions, there's always good food around. You know, whether it's in in Napa or, or you know which has you know, a ton of you know five star restaurants or oh, Michelin yeah. star restaurants, uh, or uh, the food is phenomenal in the Rioja wine region. Uh, in fact, I think I the first time I went there was because I read about some restaurants. Right. So I had to hit all the, the restaurants there. <laughs> I'm the same way, so yes. I hear you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so e- each of the wine regions have phenomenal food. So I, I see it all sort of, t- you know, tied together. And so I've always had, you know, I've had an, 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 you know, an interest in food. And and I think it's always been, for me, a bit of an, an outlet on, uh, you know, particularly my prior career uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, as you know, sort of a, you know, a, a particularly a finance attorney, you don't really see anything tangible at the end of the, you know, right. maybe, maybe I could look at a big building that was built or something like that, but you know, <laughs> uh, so, 
at least something that I can deal with and control. It wasn't a you know a multi million dollar building that you know had a whole team of people. I can, right. I can make this meal and <laughs> and have it. And so I, throughout the years and and uh, you know and not have no formal training. I you know but I'll you know find recipes and. Oh, that sounds good, and we'll put it together, and I'll uh, you know adapt it. And right. as I mentioned before, now what I try to do is um, f- find recipes, or at least adapt recipes, where I can use our wine mm. in the yeah. in the recipes, and that's a lot of that's a lot of fun. And so that's sort of you know, kept this going. Oh, I'll, for sure. I'll, I'll yeah. find something. The uh, that duck recipe. Um, Forgot what it was made, but I said, "Wait a minute, let me try our blueberry wine with this," mm-hmm. and it turned out to be phenomenal. Oh, that's great! I feel like we could probably do an entire, you know, hour and a half yep. separately. So we'll we'll have to do a part two at some point. And just concentrate on the food, exactly. <laughs> um, so as we, uh, uh, you know, finish up, uh, I, I did have a, a couple of questions <laughs> that are. Um, being that this is episode one, uh, this is probably going to be going up within about a month or so. I don't have listeners yet, but I do have a friend, I guess I could say, submitted questions okay. um, that, uh, you know, it was basically just like, hey, uh, I'm talking to this guy. Uh, what about wine would you like to know? Yeah. So you, look, we could just pretend I say line one and you can tell me, what, you know, line one, we got a question line. Yeah, yeah exactly. Line you know. one, what do we have? Okay. <laughs> it's Garage Band. I can okay. patch it in. <laughs> um what uh what let, let let me back up how uh over the years um and maybe you could speak from your personal experience um how do you train your palate to look for certain things when you're tasting um i, I had a friend who asked this and he just said what do i look for you know when people say this is full bodied what does that mean when somebody says xyz what is what does this mean well i i think that and once again i, I come from from a different place we can uh, yeah, episode number two, we can get Lauren or somebody or Scott in here mm. who will give you a better answer of what is full body. Uh, I'm at the point now where we say, I know it when I see it or I know it when I taste it. Um, and, and, and part of it is it when you want to sort of build up your palate, you know, I, I think you just, you sort of find what you like mm. and, and get a sense of, you know, and you can do that by coming to the taste room and, tasting a whole bunch of wines and then move from there. So I think that's, you know, say, okay, well, I, I've had, oh, I like the cab at Old Cellars and you try the cab somewhere else. And this is, you know, it'll have a, you know, some sense of fruitier flavor, right. uh, you know, a little bit more on the, the tannins. And, um, but you just, I'll say through somewhat of a, a rep- repetition. And, and I, I think the way you do it is you basically, you know, take what you like then move from there and try mm. different ones in different in different regions, and uh, and then and then you can sort of figure out where to go. And then yeah, you know, but if you like a uh, for example, if you're a red wine drinker, and we have you know a lot of people come in here because they love our our, our red full body wines, mm. then we'll try you know try the Pinot here mm. uh, because uh, it just has sort of a bolder flavor. And I know that other red wine drinkers like this. So it's like the white wine that red wine drinkers like. Mm. So, you know, and then you can say, well, and, and that sort of adds to your repertoire of what you of Right, what you yeah. Like. And it's funny, too. Uh, 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 John actually had recommended, it was one of the tastings that we went to just, you know, in the, in the tasting room over here. Um, 
you know, he asked, hey, what do you think of this? I said, yeah, I like this. I like this. He said, okay, great. Try this one now. And uh, that was, oh, okay. We're expanding a little bit. This right. is this is great. <laughs> and, and that's just it. Someone said, I, you know, we have a lot of people saying, I don't like Merlot. They won't go near our Merlot. I'm like, you know, what do you like about Merlot? I said, well, we have more of a fruit forward Merlot. And right. you know, they'll become a drinker of that. Right. So part, and that's, look, that's part of the challenge on, on our side is to, uh, is to get a sense of what the customer likes. But, if, but on the customer side, it's just a matter of going out there and, you know, talking if, if, if the restaurant has a, a wine store, you know, you talk to them a little bit and, and they'll, they'll explain the wine and not, and not to be intimidated. Saying, you know, right. I don't, you know, you say, hey, I don't like wines with a lot of tannins. You don't get that, that feeling on your, some people just don't like it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and once again, I'm not, the world's expert on that, but others can, you know, a good sommelier or a good restaurant, if you're there, will tell you that and mm-hmm. hopefully not push some wine on you that you're not going to like. Right, right. Excellent. Um, so the, the other most common question uh, that that was requested, uh, what is the best way to store an open bottle? <laughs> well, store it in the refrigerator. Or just drink it. But, you, you know. drink, yeah. <laughs> it, it, look, it, well, I, I get that a lot, too. Uh, and the, just, a, you know, one, you know, we here use, and I think they help a little bit, the little vacuum sealers, a little pump that you pump, pump mm-hmm. out some of the air. Right. Cause obviously, you know, uh, uh, oxygen is bad for wine mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that's what gets in there. And so, uh, if you have a little, you know, vacuum, you can buy them for $15. I think mm-hmm. we have them here. You can get them, you know, probably in a grocery store too. Uh, the little rubber caps with the with the pumps that pump the mm-hmm. air out. Uh, I I tend to find that if I put them in there, even the red ones, I put them in the refrigerator. The, some for some reason the uh, uh, the chill helps it. Um, and then the the other thing when you say drink it, at some point, you know, if the more wine, the more volume of air that's in there is going, the wine's going to uh, go quicker. Mm. So if you have one that's, you know, you've only, you drank a half a glass and you put it uh-huh. in there, okay. that, that will probably stay a little bit longer. Uh, but, you know, if uh, you have a bottle and there's only one glass left or half a glass, that's probably going to go much quicker. Right. So you have to recognize this, that you want to drink. You, you might as well just drink that last glass. Yeah. Right? Not <laughs> okay. Well, there's only one glass. So I'm going to finish that. But uh, I'm not telling you necessarily finish the whole bottle if three quarters are there. Mm-hmm. But that will mm-hmm. stay a little bit uh, a little bit longer. Interesting. Okay. I, I'd never taken that into account myself even too. So you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Vacuum seal your bottles uh, for, for the best way to store. And uh, if there's a little bit left, just drink, just drink it. it. <laughs> um, so I did put something together uh, here too that is probably really hokey and hacky. Um, but I had... <laughs> I just thought it would be fun and stupid for a, for a first episode. Um, I have four lightning round, if you will, questions. Um, they're one or the other. First thing that comes to your mind. All right. Okay. So, white or red? Red. Good answer. Um, that's the right one, by the way. I'm just I'm kidding. I love whites. I love whites. <laughs> but you know, red. Uh, cooking or baking? Cooking. All right. I, I rarely bake. All right. So if you come here, bring dessert. <laughs> or have the dessert, dessert wine. wine. That's right. <laughs> Vanilla or chocolate? 
That's closer, but I'd say chocolate. All right. Yeah. I figured with the red, you well, know, that's probably, uh, yes, you know, yes. the I assume flavors. you're referring to ice cream, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's mostly cho- yeah, chocolate. And, right. and finally, um, I'm stealing this one from another, uh, a, a, another podcast, but it's a question that I actually find really interesting. Um, cake or pie? Hmm, another close one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with cake. Yes. I'm gonna Thank go with you. Cake. I'm going to go Thank with cake. You. Yes. I'm going to cook cake. There, there, there are certain pies that could probably win me over, but right. maybe, you know, what we'll have to do next time is put one of each out and we'll figure, <laughs> we'll figure it out. That'll be, that'll be a long episode. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for some reason, I always see that uh, pie is actually more popular with people for some reason. Is that right? Uh, like, my wife hates cake. Really? I'm like, you are out of your mind. I don't know why. I, I kid. I kid. I kid. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's good for you because now you get... More cake for me, and that's fine. But I don't know; it's just something about the 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 texture with it, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, like I said, we could we could do an an entire episode just just on that. Uh, So, like I said, just a fun little whatever you want to call it. (laughs) It's a food thing. I have to ask these questions. Um, So, you guys just uh, finished up your spring festival, correct? Um, what do you have coming up, uh, in the near future for summer 2018? Uh, like I said, this is probably going to go up, uh, at some point, maybe June ish. Uh, mm-hmm. so what can people look forward to here? Well, we do. So I'll, I'll push and we have a couple, uh, regular events that, that will happen all the time. So I'll, I can mm-hmm. mention those. Um, we do our comedy nights is the first Saturday of every month. Mm-hmm. So whenever this comes up, there'll be one a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do, uh, starting this week on Friday nights, we do our Friday night wine and, and music. Yes. Come bring, bring, uh, you know, a picnic or dinner and some food and we'll have, uh, some background music for you. It's, it's a really, uh, a popular event we've been doing now for four or five years. Mm. Uh, our big summer event uh, is our we call it our Jersey Fest. That's we feature our Wet Exit Wine brand uh, on that, and that uh, is a little different from our other festival. We actually do in the evening. Uh, we tried doing it during the day, but it seems like uh, for the last the prior uh, three the last three times we had it during the day, it was about ninety five or hundred degrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we we moved it to sort of an evening event, and we do some. Uh, a unique. Uh, I'm not sure what's on the agenda for this year. No one's told me yet, <laughs> but uh, that that's coming. I think that's July uh, 14th, uh, and so that that's usually our big summer event. And then you know every week uh, there's something going on here with uh, some music or cheese or something. Just check our our website at www.oldjerksellers.com. Which was my next question. Uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, social media, you know, websites. Yeah, come um, uh, and you can find us. So we here here. Uh, we also uh, are at the Bridgewater Commons Mall next to Macy's on the uh, the second level or uh, maybe the main level. Most most people walk in, and uh, we also have some things going on there. We do have uh, some music on the the weekends, and we do a crafts night, a uh, uh, cork and puzzles. Thing once once a uh, month, okay. you can uh, you know, uh, do uh, reserve tastings there. Have flights of wine. We have some light bites of food. Mm. So it's something to hang out. You know, uh, we know particularly during the week 
folks aren't you know, trudging out. It's not a big trip, but not coming out to, <laughs> to Ringo's. Uh, we appreciate everyone comes out here on the weekends, but during the week, we're coming out to you. Uh, that's, <laughs> that was one of the reasons we, we opened the mall location. We do most of what we do here. Unfortunately, we don't have the, uh, the 28 acres out there in the view. Right, right. But, but we, we do have a mural of it, so you can, you can actually <laughs> see what it's like while uh, your shopping give you actually a good reason to go back to the mall. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, and, and I'll be sure to post, uh, you know, links and all that in the show notes for this, uh, you know, links to social media, the website. Yes, and all we're, that on, we're on Facebook, Twitter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Instagram and, and more. Interest, yes. <laughs> all of those all things. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I uh, I think that's a that's a good place to wrap up, David. I thank you, thank you very much. So so much for this, uh, and uh, I hope we can do this again at some point because this was uh, you know a heck of a first episode. I, I appreciate. It. I, I'm honored, and although you know, I'm sure after the guests you get, yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I won't ma- I won't measure up <laughs> in, 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 by the time you uh, set you, the bar. Guess, this I, is <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. You know, you're gonna have uh, uh, politicians and and. Uh, uh, and Rachel Ray and really other food folks uh, <laughs> out here. I'm sure you know that, that you know you won't look at me for cooking. You'll have Rachel Ray and, uh, <laughs> and others on here. So I appreciate it and good luck. It was it was fun. Excellent. Thank you again. Thanks. Really really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Many thanks again to David for the time. I really hope I can have him and more of his staff on this show in the future. Uh, and of course uh, maybe some of those celebrity guests that he mentioned. But we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, If you have the opportunity, definitely stop by the winery or the tasting room. I'll include addresses for each of those locations as well as any social media links in the show notes. Now, this being a show about cooking, I couldn't possibly leave you without something to try in your own kitchen, right? I mean, after all, one of my goals here is to share the love. So here's a little something you can try with that bottle of leftover red wine that David and I spoke about. So get yourself a pot and pour all your wine in there. Okay, stir in a few cinnamon sticks, a little bit of sugar, and grate in some fresh nutmeg. Yes, I said fresh nutmeg. Don't buy the pre-ground stuff, that's just being lazy. Get some whole nutmeg and grate it yourself. You'll thank me later. Now, stir all that in the pot, crank the heat up until the wine comes to a boil. And remember to give it a good stir once in a while to make sure that your sugar and your spices are all incorporated properly. And keep that going until it reduces down to a syrup. Then strain it to remove any solids, let it cool, and voila, you have a delicious red wine sauce. Put it on vanilla ice cream, drizzle it on some fruit, or just spread it on toast. Or you can be like me and just eat it straight. Uh, Now, I didn't give you exact measurements for a reason, and uh, because this is a very simple baseline recipe. Uh, As long as you start with red wine, just make sure you taste and adjust uh, as you go. Uh, Carefully, of course, since we're dealing with uh, scalding hot wine. Uh, But that's really how simple it is to experiment. Uh, I mean, you want to chuck in more cinnamon? Go right ahead. Uh, What would happen if you didn't add sugar or use different types of sugar or a little vanilla extract? Try it. (laughs) Maybe add a pinch of cayenne pepper. Do it. Whatever. Or go savory with it. Make a pan sauce. All right. So after you sear a steak or some chicken or a pork chop or whatever, uh, pour a nice glug of wine into the pan. Use a wooden spoon uh, to scrape up all that delicious stuff that's stuck to the bottom of the pan. Uh, Reduce that down a little bit. Toss in a little bit of butter. Now pour that over your meat. 
Now, when you break it down, it really is that simple. So experiments, uh, th- that's it. This is, this is how you grow as a cook. Uh, you know, the, the message here is to just, it's, is to not be intimidated and just enjoy yourself. That is what it's all about. Well, as we wrap up episode one here, uh, remember you can be a part of the show by sending in your questions, comments, recipes, or whatever to platedpodcast at gmail.com. As a reminder, if you enjoyed the show, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash platedpodcast and tossing me a buck. Your support would help keep this all going. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I will speak to you again soon.